You are listening to a podcast of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. CCEF is committed to restoring Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. You can find our podcasts, books, articles, videos, and many more resources for Christ-centered pastoral care at our website, ccef.org. Hi, and welcome to CCEF On The Go. I'm Megan Krimmel, and I'm your guest host today as we talk a little bit about the topic of this year's National Conference, Living Scripture. So I'm actually interviewing Alistair Groves, our normal CCF On The Go host. Alistair, it's great to have you with us here in Glenside. Well, it is fun to be here, and this is my first time being on the podcast and not being the host, so this is is really exciting for me. Reversing roles. I love it. So to start with, as we've been talking to a different number of our faculty members um, in preparation for this year's conference, we've tried to get to the heart of how you personally engage with scripture. So tell me a little bit about your own personal devotional life. Yeah. Um, what does that look like? How do you engage with scripture on a personal level? You know, um, I, uh, I, I've had sort of a a base format that I've used for for a while now. Um, I, I grew up in a Christian home, and there was a value for for personal devotions. And I was somewhere between abysmal and horrible at having devotions as a as a kid. And in high school, you know, I'd go through that like week where like I'd get on all fired up, or I'd be on the youth retreat, and I'd try so hard to to have my my quiet time. It just never seemed to happen. I got to college and um, and started meeting with a guy. I was a freshman. He was a senior. And um, it was, there were a couple things that were really formative about that particular experience. Number one, uh, he had also grown up in in the church all his life um, and had really owned that. And so he said, hey, let's meet and read scripture together. I was like, okay, like, yeah, I can do that. That sounds like a good good deal. He's like, okay, let's pick some piece of scripture you haven't read for a while. Let's just, let's dig in and find something that you're not used to. He's like, let's read, I don't know, Micah. I was like, haven't read Micah in a while. You know, like, sure, that sounds, that sounds good. And, and it I think for me, part of it was engaging with somebody who was passionate about all of Scripture and, and said, we're going to find something thrilling here. He didn't put it in those words, but it was really, I, I could feel that and, and see that. And for me, sort of seeing grace in a, in a book that I sort of initially was seeing as mostly full of judgment uh, was, was a powerful experience. And then secondly, as, as you know, I was sort of hanging my head like, yeah, I'm not really very good about having my devotions. He's like, well, have you ever, have you ever prayed about that? You know, it seems like the kind of request God likes to answer. It's like, I've never thought about that. I'm allowed to pray for help, like with devotions. Okay. Like I should do that too. And then the third thing that that experience gave me, which is probably most relevant to the question is, um, he, uh, he had one of those uh, like wide margin uh, Bibles, lots of space yes, around the edges, yes. and it was, I think his was also a study Bible. And he had written in like the tiniest handwriting, like all the way around the edges of his pages. He's like like writing in between the lines of the study notes. I mean, it was just like crazy how much he was getting in there. And uh, I've never been much of a journaler or writer or anything, but uh, in my like moment of hero uh, hero worship, I was like, oh yeah, that seems like a good idea. It's like I bet your parents would buy you a wide margin Bible. Like, don't give me the like a Bible is expensive excuse, Alistair. Just like <laughs> go talk your parents they'll buy you a bible i'm sure and so i did and, and they did and so i am um, i've been using a wide margin bible so for me that's really helpful because i am not losing my notebook constantly where i have right. my notes for right. it and and b there's something about um it, it's actually been really cool you have in the center of the page is the lord speaking to me and then around the edges of that circling around what he says to me is what i'm sort of saying to him 
uh, and the margins and it uh, it has actually been good for my handwriting which has gotten smaller and it's <laughs> I don't know if legible is the right word to describe it but um, I, I fit a lot of text around there but um, my goal has actually been um, I've been sort of working my way through I'm probably about um, I'm probably like two-thirds of the way through the Bible I started uh, in college and I don't know so it's coming up on two decades of uh, of cranking away, and I'll, I'm guessing I'll finish sometime in my 50s, probably going through. Um, and uh, it has just been so good for me as a discipline to say I'm going to write something about every verse. I'm just going to go through, and I'm going to I'm going to make some kind of response to every verse. It might not be to each individual. It might say, you know, verses 17 through 19. I'm thinking X, but to force myself to engage with what's being said in, in every verse of Scripture. Uh, has been really powerful, really helpful. Just, okay, this has all been God-breathed, right? If I take seriously that it's all there for my health and my benefits, and there's going to be something of spiritual value to me, I, I want to think about what that is. And so that stretches me sometimes, you know, sure. genealogies and Leviticus. and yeah, there's some uh, interesting verses. There, there are some verses that, that aren't the easiest. And, and sometimes all I'll write is simply I have, I'll read something and I'll just be like, I'm not sure why this is here, or I'm not sure what this is saying. Uh, but even then, I will usually try to push myself to speculate and just say, okay, like, I, I suppose it could be this, or maybe this is in relationship to that, or, uh, I mean, the author may have included this because of, of X, uh, or at least I can see how, having just read a chapter on this over the past couple of weeks, I, I can see how this seems to take the theme further, or something along those lines. So I'm just trying to push myself to engage each each verse. And then in the last few years, um, I was I was feeling something, uh, I'm feeling a sense of, you know, and it's not the only time I'm ever interacting with scripture, is in like two verses at a time kind of chunks, but um, I, I decided I didn't want to push myself into more breadth, and so I decided to start reading um, the four gospels and psalms and proverbs through each year. Not so much on a daily basis as just like, yeah, as I have time, I'll read a psalm or I'll read a little bit of, you know, first bit of Matthew or, or whatever. And so some years I've gotten all the way through all of that. Some years I haven't, and I've I've done two years to do that on top of the the pattern. But that's been really good for me uh, to, to sort of have the, the, the prayerful material in the psalms being forced to reflect on why, what is the wisdom of this proverb, and then seeing Jesus over and over and over again has been a good thing to sort of layer on top of a much more in-depth look at, at verse by verse. So that's kind of my format. Sure. Uh, some days are better than others. I think it's it's helpful when you are taking those notes around the margins too that I know for me, I, I have a journal, but to draw context back to the different passages of scripture, I'll say, oh, I remember I heard this sermon once and it was on this passage and I can't remember where, what journal and what date. Yep. But if you go back to the passage and those notes are right in the margins, then as you continue to re- introduce yourself to that same passage of scripture you're seeing your own personal journey throughout the time which is is really refreshing oh here here's how god answered this prayer yeah. two years ago when i read this passage yeah. um so that's a really neat way to go about it i'll often even just put dates in mm-hmm. in my writing just you know the date that i was praying these things or thinking about it. and often my my marginal notations are turning into prayers um, and and then I'll often I also sort of develop my own cross reference system. That's not a direct like oh this was mentioned, but this makes me think of another passage. And I'll put a little box around the the verse and put it right next to the. So the, the Alistair Gross study Alistair Bible Gross is coming study out. Bible. That's right. That's right. In yeah. the years to come. That's right. Keep, <laughs> stay tuned in uh, in twenty forty, it'll it'll be on shelves. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about this a little bit in in answering that first question. Um, 
But if someone is is looking to not just read through the Bible, but to personalize it, you, you're talking a little bit about how that's a conversation. It's not just digesting it, but it's also speaking that back to the Lord, asking questions, interacting with the scripture. Um, what would you suggest if, if someone is feeling like they're having a hard time accessing a text or they just don't understand that passage? You said you mentioned a couple of passages where you thought, why is this here? Do you then do further research? Do you look that up in depth? Um, what would be your approach or what would your suggestion be to someone who might be struggling? Hmm. Yeah, those would be really good things to do. Um, those are good answers to that question. <laughs> I think I'll let you answer oh, that No, question. no, that's okay. Um, you answer it. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Um, I, I do sometimes look things up, but uh, the vast majority of the time, I would say what I'm doing is um, is is more praying my confusion and and questions, and uh, and and often letting questions sit. And th- there are sometimes where I've gone to commentaries and found you know helpful answers that are like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense as to why that would be there, and I hadn't thought about that connection to what's going on in the in the book. Much more often, I find I, I go to commentaries and they're not addressing the particular question I've I've had, or it, because it either it was just um, it was fairly some minute point or whatever the case may be. So so most often, I think what I do when I'm trying to personalize things and I have questions is is I do sort of take the question into prayer um, and. And, and, and I'm willing to have open questions about the scripture. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how often, you know, it may be two weeks later, I'm reading something else and come back and go like, huh, now I wonder if that actually relates back to what I was thinking of earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's being that okay piece. with that, not knowing sometimes, yeah. or at least for a time. Yeah, I don't have to, I don't have to answer every question That's right. That's um, right away or, or at all. I will die with questions about the Bible mm-hmm. um, and what exactly it was doing and meaning. And, and I, think that, I think that is part of, of the dialogue of it is, is just recognizing it's not about uh, mastering a set of material. It's about a, a living engagement with with the Lord who in his spirit and, and through commentaries. I mean, I've been to seminary, so it's not like I haven't spent some time thinking about how right, these things right. get put together. My dad was an Old Testament professor, so I have plenty of of time. But, but I, I mean, on the, jumping back to the heart of the question is how, how are you personalizing it is just... Um, I remember my dad saying to me as a kid, you know, you, you read till something strikes you. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's part of why that's part of why I've wanted to write something about every verse is because I'm, I'm looking ultimately for at least something in a sense to strike me about every little bit. Um, I'm looking I'm looking to the Bible to say I want and, and again, till something strikes you doesn't always happen. It's not always an epiphany. It's not always a deep <laughs> moment of emotion. But uh, but I'm. I'm trying to sit with passages until, until something about them uh, comes comes to the front, and I say, I know something about the Lord, uh, or something about myself in relationship to Him, just a little bit better uh, as a result of having read this. And you know, as often as not, uh, I, so right now I've been reading through Revelation, <clears throat> and I'm in Revelation 20, which is um, you know one of the more uh, one of the more contested passages probably in the whole Bible. It, it's it's the uh, passage about the millennium uh, and, you know, entire views of eschatology take their name from the use of the <laughs> thousand years in the first mm. verses of chapter 20. And, and so it's loaded. I wanted to read it carefully. And <clears throat> I've had a number of, of questions about the passage. Um, but one thing that was helpful for me was was actually taking a step back and saying, okay, whatever the exact understanding of eschatology and what will happen in the future when Christ returns and how what's the chronology of this that and the other um, 
what is really clear here is how much God is saying there is blessing for my faithful people. And I am going to <clears throat> I'm going to honor them and those who have given up, those who have followed me and taken up their cross and who have lost their lives. Um, and, and I see there, at, <clears throat> at least by application and extension, if not by direct meaning, although maybe by direct meaning, excuse me, <clears throat> there is the sense of um, you, um, you've give, if you've given up anything for the kingdom, any suffering, any persecution, any trouble, any trial, um, is, is in a sense a piece of suffering for, for Christ as you are suffering faithfully in this world. And, and there's yet another reminder, and it's all over the book of Revelation. It's, you know, completely consistent with the theme of just, I'm, I am going to, I'm going to honor that. I love you in that. There's blessing for that. Um, so I come away with plenty of questions um, that, are, that are forcing me to think. And uh, I actually just borrowed a couple books from a friend on various views of Revelation. But um, it, w- it was actually quite profound for me to step back and just say, thank you, Lord, that you care about us that you that you care about martyrs that that um, that those who give things up for your kingdom are that those are precious moments in your sight uh, and then on the on the back of that saying man I just my life is so easy you know I think about people who who've given up their lives mm-hmm. for this faith um, the sufferings I face today are not sufferings at at that level and I I you've been kind to me in that, uh, which is not to say that you're not kind to those who have died for their faith, but but I see the the ease and the comfort with which you have allowed me to function mm-hmm. uh, in my context, and I, I want to have um, an appropriate sense of crying out to the Lord with my sufferings in my easy life, uh, and yet also in a, a deep appreciation for the fact that I have it easier, um, and that that gives me certain bandwidth and capacity to minister, and I want, I want to take advantage of the comfort I have and not sink into it and be self-indulgent in it. So those are not the things I expected to get out of uh, time engaging personally with the millennium, but it, it was just... That's but it, so required, it required you to linger a little longer. I yeah. think that's something that we can, we can glean from what you're sharing, that it's not always immediately apparent how this might connect to my life and what's going on. But there is something there if you will, if you'll take the time to linger and meditate and pray through and ask God the questions that you don't understand. Um, We're so hurried in our age. Um, I find myself, okay, I've I've done my Bible reading, check, check, check. I'm off to to work. And I haven't sat there and and listened. It hasn't been a two-way conversation. So that's really important. Easier said than done on most uh, days. Certainly, right? but, but certainly. Just a, and that's where the value of the discipline of like, okay, I've at least I've carved out time for this, right, right. and I give myself at least a little time to listen. Sure. I like that way of putting it. So um, you've mentioned a little bit someone in college, uh, mentor, friend, uh, your father, but would you uh, share a little bit about a person or people that have really lived out this idea of? living scripture, scripture really applying to every area of life and life being brought to every piece of scripture? Who, sure. who, who have those people been in your life? And, and maybe um, what strikes you about this person that's, you know, something that you admire that you want to follow? Mm. Well, this will be our first uh, three-hour podcast. Um, <laughs> you can only which... name... Um, <laughs> Two to three people. That's right. I, you know, it, it, even here, even having you ask me that question today is um, is an encouraging moment for me, as I just realize um, I could answer 
I could give you 10 names of people mm -hmm. I know who I would be uh, delighted to be more like in in their way of engaging scripture and I work with many of those people you know it's just yes we work with I, some I'm so blessed when you are in community with people who are just constantly bringing their life back to scripture and saying how how do the scriptures shape this? Not just what are sort of the ethical one, two, three steps that scripture gives for this particular activity right. and how can I be an honest business person and how can I, you know, have personal integrity, all of which is vital and important. But they, and but they live and breathe that. it. But, but it's a living, breathing, it's, there's a, there's a fluidity, there's a mm -hmm. flexibility. You know, you watch, um, watch LeBron James and Steph Curry play in the finals and they, they, they bring beauty and grace to basketball and like I can shoot a basketball and sometimes <laughs> it goes in but it's not like watching those guys and I feel like I have a lot of uh, I, I know a lot of LeBron James and Steph Curry's of uh, of living scripture in sure. my life so if, you, if you're going to make if you're going to limit me then probably the two I have to name are my, are my parents mm -hmm. uh, which again is just a fabulous blessing in my life and I'm more aware of that the older I get um, what that looked like for me uh, has probably had two main phases of it uh, the, the initial phase was parenting as a younger kid and the way that they they understood that scripture is about our hearts worshiping the Lord. And and there were so many ways that I can look back now and see what was just sort of normal to me at the time where they were just, they were they were gunning and they didn't always do it perfectly and I, they didn't, you know, they weren't weird about it, but they were gunning for me to engage my life through the lens of how is my heart before the Lord? And am I, where is my heart in this? What's my motivation in this? Am I Am I doing this out of love for Christ, or am I doing this selfishly? And those sorts of questions were just constant companions growing up. And so that's a place where I am sure there are many times where we talked about specific passages, but what I mostly remember is that kind of question of, okay, where, where do you think your heart is in this? And that was a question that they were able to ask more and more sort of directly and articulately as I got, as I got older. And so that transitions into sort of phase two of my experience of them is, where they initially tried to help me bring bring my life to scripture and to the Lord in all things. And that was, you know, questions about, you know, how are you going to handle prom night and how are you going to do your homework and how are you going to handle thinking about connecting with people who are less popular at school, which was not too many people. And, um, <laughs> you know, how are you going to handle connecting with people who are more popular than school? Uh, how are you going to handle people who are, you know, bullying and giving you trouble? And, you know, here you are without friends in this choir you're a part of and how you're going to handle that and just um, they gave me this sense that there should be this biblical lens for all of life mm -hmm. and and they processed that a lot but then I feel like they invited me humbly into their lives and I remember conversations on family trips where they they shared very personally about struggles that that they had and um, you know my um, both my mom and my dad at different times have spoken to me very personally about about things uh uh, watching my dad go through the last year of his life uh, when he he died in 2007, and just watching him process the dying experience through you know his his phrase that I've heard many people come up to me after and say you know I remember when he said this to me and you know just his his phrase was nothing has changed um, we we've always been in the Lord's hands we've always been mortal we've always been headed toward him we've always been trying to live 
with a sense of what can I do today, and his capacity got pretty limited as that year went on. And, uh, and, and so wa- watching him die well, finish well, was an incredibly powerful look at this is what Scripture is and does. My mom actually turned that last year or so of their life into a book called Grief Undone um, that, uh, that captures some of how Scripture was living for, for us in that year as a family. But, but watching my mom uh, since then and, and before then and just the way that she has uh, em- embraced me as a friend and, and been... Even though there's, you know, this parental responsibility she's held, there is this way in which she, uh, she, she listens to me and she invites my my input. Um, she encourages me. There's there's the sense of she she doesn't need to um, one up me because she has clearly from the scriptures taken in this sense of um, I am the Lord's and that is what I need and so. I can actually ask advice from my son because I'm not threatened by him because I don't need to maintain my identity and reputation and I can I can share my concerns and thoughts with him and, and just I appreciate the the way that her um, just being so shaped by the gospel and by scripture and a relationship with the Lord has allowed her to be um, humble and transparent in her relationship with me and really give me freedom to be independent as an adult. So that's a parenting focus sort of in that in that response but um yeah just the, the integrity and and biblically groundedness of everything that my parents processed i feel like is one of the greatest gifts they gave me that is such a blessing it, it is so alistair you are going to be speaking as a plenary speaker and a workshop speaker at the conference um, so as we wrap up um let's just in a in a phrase what would you hope people would take away from their experience if they if they join us in October I uh, in a phrase that that you're cruel uh, come to, on Alistair you can do it I know it. It, it, it there's so much I want to say <laughs> uh, I, I I guess if I were going to say what is what is the heart of it is I would hope people would come away with some kind of refreshed perspective on scripture as practical and um, lens-giving. You know, I, I want people to know in a new way, in, in something that because they came, because they interacted, because they, um, because they listened, because they took the time even just to do it all at once and, and be away from the rest of life, that, that they would come away with something in their ability to relate to the Lord through Scripture that would last with them for the rest of their lives. That is certainly our prayer. So thanks so much for for switching roles today and sharing a little bit about your personal interaction with scripture. And next time you can be back in the driver's seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, my pleasure. Thanks for stepping in, Megan. Sure. Well, this was my first time having to give uh, an extra resource for something where I was the one sort of in the hot seat being interviewed and I thought about it, a number of things came to mind, but I actually want to point you to a talk uh, that's had a lot of impact on me personally that my friend and colleague Aaron Cerrone gave called Hunting for the Good in Others. Uh, And that will be linked right under the link for today's episode on our website, ccef.org slash podcast. Uh, You can click the link when you get there. Just enter the code podcast at checkout and that will be free uh, and we'll stay free until we post the next episode. Uh, Obviously, if you have questions or, or comments, We would love to hear from you. Uh, You can email us at podcast at ccef.org. Till next time, blessings.